Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, this is Ryan and Jenny. Welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. We are in Numbers chapter 23 to 25 today. So today we are post-talking donkey, and we are looking into these different words that God is putting into the mouth of Balaam. Uh, to kind of just really throw off uh, this king of Moab who is trying to curse the people of Israel. Then we move into the unfortunate beginning of worship of Baal and the serious consequences that ensue uh, as a result of this worship, which is a real bummer because I thought we were headed good places and here we are again. (laughs) So this whole Baal episode is wild, huh? Like yes. Balaam, sorry, not Baal. Balaam. The Baal episode is also wild, but Balaam is crazy because Balaam is just like a, we said yesterday, like some weird Mesopotamian wizard and <laughs> God is going to speak through him. I guess he's, I guess he's not willing to say anything that God doesn't tell him. So it's, it kind of strikes me as strange that he is the one that was chosen to speak to this, this, uh, what's his name? To Balak. It's super strange to me that he would call out some weird sorcerer somewhere. Why not someone else? But I think there's so much power in it because if we think back to the story of Exodus, like God is the one who hardened Pharaoh's heart. Like the evil man in the story was the one that was impacted by God and um, like impacted the story or I guess what happened. So it's really crazy that it is Balaam. So I think it has like these weird levels of like God's really cool craftiness in a way, because who better to be the one to go and speak these things uh, to Balak than someone that he trusts to get the job done? Um, Because I'm not sure that anybody else would have been given that permission to go and speak on God's behalf to someone who just wants to smite them out. So that's kind of interesting, too. And it also makes him look kind of foolish, like we were talking about yesterday. Like, God's so powerful that he's going to take one of your most powerful, sinful people that speaks to spirits all the time to be like, oh, yeah, this is what God says. You should probably listen. (laughs) It is really interesting. And poor Balak is not getting his money's worth out of this. He's very frustrated. At one point, Balaam is actually like, I told you I wouldn't say anything that God didn't tell me. So, Mm um. Balaam is a really interesting character. This is not the end of Balaam, by the way. We'll see him again in chapter 31. Okay. Um, he's not a good dude. Nope. So where here God is speaking through him, you might be tempted to be like, wow, that is really cool that he is saying all those things. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's just, like I said, like a seer. He's just mm-hmm. saying what God says. Well, that's what I was asking earlier. I was like, do you think, Ryan, that, that Balaam actually had like an awareness of what he was saying or was he just kind of like a mouth that was moving and God was just speaking through him because I can't imagine like what he believed and what he did he would be totally cool with the one thing I did notice is that they are often offering sacrifices to God on altars and they are not allowed yeah that's what I thought of too yeah so seven of them there's many things in this story that the original audience would have been like that's not good Uh like you're not allowed to do that 
but what's crazy to me is that what Baal ends up speaking over the people of Israel is the Abrahamic covenant again. Who? Baal? Or, sorry, Baal. Balaam. Yeah. Balaam. What Balaam ends up speaking over the people is just the covenant that God gave to Abraham. Like at one point, <laughs> at one point he looks over the people and he's like, wow, they're like the, the sand of the shore. There's so many of them. Like looking at how they were all set up correctly. And and he's going to start saying some pretty wild stuff about King David and ultimately mm-hmm, Jesus, mm-hmm. I think. And so uh, one of the things he says is... Uh, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down the sons of Sheth. So you can look at that and you can say, hey, that's he's just actually talking about like immediate victory in war over these specific but people. But we heard crush the head of the Yeah, serpent. it's wild. So you, you can also look at the scepter. The scepter is like uh, imagery for mm-hmm, a king. Mm-hmm. And so they would have seen King David rising out of this, like, yeah, eventually. Yeah. And also we see Jesus rising out of this eventually. So it's crazy. Um, you were talking about God's sovereignty over people. God had sovereignty over Pharaoh multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had He also had sovereignty over Pharaoh when Joseph was there. Yeah. So that Pharaoh like made him in charge of everything so that God could keep his plan in place. Mm-hmm. So here God has power over this seer, this wizard, <laughs> and makes him speak blessings over his people. I'm sure that must have been like the strangest interaction too. Because you're just like, I can imagine um, Balak just sitting there being like, okay, here it comes. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, wait, what? What are you talking about? That's not what we had discussed at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that... That whole idea of setting up the altars was really funny to me because I just immediately think of them as just like children. Like, okay, well, we'll set up seven altars over here. And if that doesn't work, we'll move them and see if God thinks that's okay. Like as if he's to be tricked or something. It's so funny. So we move into chapter 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The scene that is set in chapter 25 is also pretty terrible. Um, we get introduced to Baal, who we're going to see many, 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 many times. Uh, Baal is like a fertility god of the Canaanites. And so Baal becomes like their favorite idolatrous thing. I said god of choice. Yeah. And what happens here is crazy. If you don't listen closely, you might miss it. But basically the the people of God are like weeping in front of the tabernacle and while they're weeping in front of the tabernacle, uh, some guy grabs a Midianite woman and just like basically like has sex with her in front of everybody. Like they go into a tent, but everybody knows what's going on. And so this is a crazy affront to God because they are not allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. And so Phineas is like, okay, we're just going to go solve this problem right now. And because of the situation at hand, he is able to spear them both quite easily. Well, I think Phineas... I was just telling Ryan, I'm really excited about Phineas because it was like, wow, he like he knows it's wrong. It's very black and white to him. He solves the problem before it gets any worse. Uh, But every time I feel like I really appreciate a character in the story or a person in the story, they eventually like disappoint me in some way, shape or form. But in this instance, Phineas, who is like the grandson of Aaron, recognizes this is bad. This is wrong. I need to like we need to take care of the situation like the Lord has commanded or it's it's going to continue to get out of hand. Um, so he actually like spears both of them. It's really like crazy gross. But So what's odd about it is we literally come out of this story of God blessing his people through Balaam. 
mm-hmm. like a prophet mm-hmm. for hire to the king of the Moabites and Midianites. And then we like come off the mountaintop into the camp and in the camp, the people are being yeah. corrupted by the Moabites and Midianites. And so you have like this victory on one side and this defeat on the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess a your part for today is just remembering um, God's sovereignty, as we like to call it. <laughs> um, because there are so many situations, even in our own lives. Obviously, it was the case for Balaam, a man who sought after evil spirits and um, like sorcery for a living. Um, but he was actually the mouthpiece of God in an instance where someone wanted to take down the people of God. So just remembering God's sovereignty, um, although it may not look like the story exactly like we have said today, you might not find yourself in a situation dealing with wizards, but um, God is in control and what he desires for our lives, he will do. Um, And there's to the point of uh, making someone else speak on his behalf, um, he will do in order to... um, have done what he wants in our lives. So I think that's just something really cool to remember. Um, and hopefully you allow yourself to be a part of that, um, that plan that he has for each and every one of us. So thanks for joining us today. And we will see you guys back tomorrow as we continue throughout numbers. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's Plan Your Part. Also, we are a listener-supported podcast, so if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now, here's the reading for today. Numbers chapter 23, And Balaam said to Balak, Build for me here seven altars, and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. Balak did as Balaam had said, and Balak and Balaam offered on each altar a bull and a ram. And Balaam said to Balak, Stand beside your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. And he went to a bare height, and God met Balaam, and Balaam said to him, I have arranged the seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. And he returned to him, and behold, he and all the princes of Moab were standing beside his burnt offering. And Balaam took up his discourse and said, From Aram Balak has brought me, the king of Moab from the eastern mountains. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? From the top of the crags I see him, from the hills I behold him. Behold, a people dwelling alone, and not counting itself amongst the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob, or number the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright, and let my end be like his. And Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have done nothing but bless them. And he answered and said, Must I not take care to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? And Balak said to him, Please come with me to another place, from which you may see them. You shall see only a fraction of them, and shall not see them all. Then curse them for me from there. And he took him to the field of Zophim, 
in the top of Pisgah and built seven altars and moved a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stand here beside your burnt offering while I meet with the Lord over there. And the Lord met with Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. And he came to him, and behold, he was standing beside his burnt offering and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? And Balaam took up his discourse and said, Rise, Balak, and hear. Give ear to me, O son of Zippor. God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and he will not fulfill it? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot revoke it. He has not beheld misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord their God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt, and is for them like the horns of the wild ox. For there is no enchantment against Jacob, no divination against Israel. Now it shall be said of Jacob and Israel, What has God wrought? Behold, a people, as a lioness it rises up, and as a lion it lifts itself. It does not lie down until it has devoured the prey, the dr- and drunk the blood of the slain. And Balak said to Balaam, Do not curse them at all, and do not bless them at all. But Balaam answered Balak, Did I not tell you all that the Lord says that I must do? And Balak said to Balaam, Come now, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God that you may curse them for me from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, which overlooks the desert. And Balaam said to Balak, Build for me seven altars, and prepare for me seven bulls and seven rams. And Balak did as Balaam said, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go, as at other times, to look for omens, but set his face towards the wilderness. And Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Israel camping tribe by tribe, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened, the oracle of him who hears the words of God who sees the vision of the Almighty falling down with his eyes uncovered. How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your encampments, O Israel, like palm groves that stretch afar, like gardens beside a river, like aloes that the Lord has planted, like cedar trees beside the waters. Water shall flow from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted." God brings him out of Egypt, and is for him like the horns of a wild ox. He shall eat up the nations, his adversaries, and shall break their bones in pieces, and pierce them through with his arrows. He crouched, he lay down like a lion, and like a lioness who will rouse him up. Blessed are those who bless you, and cursed are those who curse you. And Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam, and he struck his hands together. And Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have blessed them these three times. Therefore, now flee to your own place. I said, I will certainly honor you, but the Lord has held you back from honor. And Balaam said to Balak, 
Did I not tell your messengers whom you sent me, if Balak should give me his house full of silver and gold, I would not be able to go beyond the word of the Lord, to do either good or bad of my own will? What the Lord speaks, that will I speak. And now, behold, I am going to my people. Come, I will let you know what this people will do to your people in latter days. And he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty falling down with his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. Edom shall be dispossessed. Sarah also, his enemies, shall be dispossessed. Israel is going valiantly, and one from Jacob shall exercise dominion and destroy the survivors of cities. Then he looked on Amalek and took up his discourse and said, Amalek was the first among the nations, but its end is utter destruction. And he looked on the Kenite and took up his discourse and said, Enduring is your dwelling place, and your nest is set in the rock. Nevertheless, Cain shall be burned when Aser takes you away captive. And he took up his discourse and said, Alas, who shall live when God does this? But ships shall come from Kittim, and shall afflict Aser and Eber, and he too shall come to utter destruction. Then Balaam rose and went back to his place, and Balak also went his way. While Israel lived in Shittim, the people began to whore with the daughters of Moab. These invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel yoked himself to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, Take all the chiefs of the people and hang them in the sun before the Lord, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. And Moses said to the judges of Israel, Each of you kill those of his men who have yoked themselves to Baal and Peor. And behold, one of the people of Israel came and brought a Midianite woman to his family in the sight of Moses and in the sight of the whole congregation of the people of Israel while they were weeping in the entrance of the tent of meeting. When Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose and left the congregation and took a spear in his hand and went after the man of Israel into the chamber and pierced both of them, the man of Israel and the woman, through her belly. Thus the plague of the people of Israel was stopped. Nevertheless, those who died by the plague were twenty-four thousand. And the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, son of the priest, has turned back my wrath from the people of Israel, and that he was jealous with my jealousy among them, so that I did not consume the people in Israel in my jealousy. Therefore say, Behold, I give to, my, I give to him my covenant of peace, and it shall be to him and to his descendants after him the covenant of the perpetual priesthood, because he was jealous for his God and made atonement for the people of Israel. The name of the slain man of Israel who was killed with the Midianite woman, was Zimri, the son of Salu, chief of a father's house belonging to the Simeonites. And the name of the Midianite woman who was killed was Cosby, the daughter of Zur, who was the tribal head of the father's house in Midian. 
And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Harass the Midianites and strike them down, for they have harassed you with their wiles, with which they beguiled you in the matter of Peor, and in the matter of Cosby, the daughter of the chief of Midian, their sister, who was killed on the day of the plague on account of Peor. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.